Ah! What was that? Sea spider. Oh, come on. Be a man, Hogan. <laughs> nope, he's gone. He got away. That's going to be the start of the show. Your yelp at the spider, by the way. This is episode 201 of Longbox Heroes After Dark. I, I can now stick to walls, by the way. Joe. Oh, okay. Whenever we find a spider around here, and uh, Asa or April freaks out, and Asa's like, oh, I don't know what the hell to do with this. Uh, I always say, I go, ooh, let it bite you. See if it gives you spider powers. Right, right. Does it? No, it doesn't. It never did? I no, think it will. Not yet. I've been bitten by dozens of spiders, and I assume many have left eggs in my ears while I sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know the uh, you know the comedian Dave Attell. Yes, I've heard of him. Right, and that transitions into I use a lot of like uh, Dave Attell, Dave Chappelle, George Carlin material on my kid, but I clean it up real good. And he what you don't know, the dirty words? No, the... no. You know I you know the twenty some minute George Carlin jag about airport airplanes. A bit of it, yeah. Like, I couldn't do it word for word. Well, anymore. I could, like, I know the, like, you know the beats. You know, right. the man on the plane, the lady on the plane, and, uh, what do you want to call it? A near miss? Mm-hmm. No? What? Where they call a, a mid-air, a, a, uh, what do you want to call it? When they almost hit someone, they call it a near miss. Right, They're yeah. like, no, if two planes hit each other, it should be called a near miss. And he's like, Psh, oh, they nearly missed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, right. So, and then he's like, about talking about how, like, when they land, the pilot welcomes you to wherever you've landed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're getting here at the same time as I am. How are you welcoming me to a place that you are getting to at the same time I am? Well, he's the man in charge, so it's well, he's okay. He's the man on the plane. Right. <laughs> right. So a bunch of those, I'll hit Asa with the cleaned up stuff on those, and he cracks up. Um, right. Where the hell was I going with this? Oh, the David Tell thing, where he talks about, he goes, the other day I got hit by lightning. I was hoping I would get superpowers. <laughs> right. He goes, if shitting yourself uncontrollably is a superpower, that's what I have. Will I use now, it for what good would... or evil? I don't know. <laughs> So you use that on him, right? Yeah, I don't say shit, though, of course. What do you say, pooping? Yeah. Because kids love poop. Oh, we're, we're in our pants family. Everything's crap in their pants. <laughs> Everything. Are you, but are you a big pants people? I don't get that reference. I don't know what that Do you is. remember that? I can't think of the name, the, the, the comedian, and it'll come to me as we go. Is it Kevin Meany? Like, the shit yeah. sounded like Kevin Meany. Yeah, he'd be like, he'd be like, when I, when I, when my sisters would go out when they're young, they would be, they'd come downstairs and they'd have the tight pants on, and my parents would be like, where are you going with those tight pants? We're big pants people. And me and my brother like still do that to this day. Kevin Meany, great comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, was married for like twenty some odd years. Right. Uh, came out as as a homosexual. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then actually died recently. When I say recently, I mean within like the last four or five years. Wow. Okay. I, I think unrelated to him being married or actually right. uh, less than t- – I knew it was recent. He died uh, two years ago. Ah, see, everything's uh, about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Everything's about five years which is funny because I was with Josh the other day, and Josh was like, yeah, so I was doing this, and he, like he's he's younger, he's like younger than us, 
and he's this, I was doing this and that, and I look back and I was like, that came out, and it was about five years. He's like, you know what? I'm at that age where everything. He's like, you told me about that. He's like, I'm at that age where everything seems like five years ago. We were talking about the Predator movies mm-hmm. and like how long the last Predator movie came out, and I was like, oh, it was nineteen. Oh, hang on one second. I'm being paged. Yes. Okay. Oh, I have a message being slipped under my door. Excuse me. Ah. Is this that new Pokemon? No, I like it. I like it. It's nice. I was. I'm on the. Po- See, I have a prism star. Oh, I do. Prism star. Prism star. Todd and I were talking about how we make poop jokes all the time. You want to come in? You want to tell Todd a poop joke? No. No. He could hear you, and you could hear him. For real? Yeah. Hey, Todd. Hey, Asa. <laughs> he he can't hear me? Yeah, I, I I took the headphones out. Oh, good. It's after dark. It's after, hey, that's fine. It is after dark. All you right. know, no poop jokes, Asa? None at all? None I can think of. Who poops their beds the most in the house? You can say it. It's okay. This is only get listened listened to by hundreds of people. Yeah. Who is the most that hoops their pants in the house? Yeah. Who? <laughs> Mother. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> This all started because Todd saw a and he got scared. For real? Yeah. Thank you for your drawing, though. I'm going to I'm gonna keep it. Thank you. All right, good night, you guys. Good night. Nice sneak. Thank you, Mamba. This could be completely off the rails. Who cares? I don't care. Any, um, anything I to can't... avoid talking about the movie. What? I, I was just going to say, I can't believe your wife is the one in the house who shits herself the most. <laughs> We we joke around all the time that every time it's like, oh, they pooped their pants, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, she's taken the laundry down. And mm-hmm. he goes, Dad, I looked. There's She's got like three pairs of underwear that, in there that are just full of diarrhea. He goes, <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's a really niche fetish. Pan, uh-huh. pan, diarrhea panties. Oh, yes. But uh, speaking of diarrhea panties... Well, no, hang on. So, uh, I want to wrap up the Kevin Meany stuff. So Kevin Meany, like I said, was married in 1995. Uh, he divorced his wife in 2008 after revealing on a radio show that he was coming out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had passed away of a heart attack uh, on October 1st, 2016. And especially in this day and age, I always like to go and check people's online presence. Again... He passed away October 21st, 2016. His last tweet was two days prior. Mm. <laughs> now, bear in mind, this was during the heat of the election. Uh-oh. And he says, some last-minute advice for Hillary. Light your hair on fire. Be crazy and tell him he's fired. And then hit him in the face with a pie. <laughs> ah. And then he Did- was dead two later. 
Uh, I'm glad to know that's his last tweet. Yes. I'm always fascinated by pe- like people who have passed away's last tweet. Like when it doesn't get taken over or co-opted by like their management or whatever. <laughs> yeah. See, I, what I do is I have I have the ability to schedule text on my phone. Mm. And I always put I, – I schedule a text that you could still text to Twitter. And I schedule it about like 78 hours out. And then, like every thirty, like every twenty-four, I move it back, and that way, a few days after I'm dead, like my final words will be on Twitter from the grave. Your final words, huh? Oh yeah. Huh. Must be you out yourself. No, I. I mean, I could I. Well, I don't know. That would be fantastic. I don't know. These days, words hates wrestling almost as much as you do. <gasps> maybe it is. Maybe I am words. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get a shirt that says that I am words and I'm just going to wrestling shows. All right. And just, you know what? Screw it. I'm words. Next show I'm going to, I'm going to take photo ops. I'm going to let, let words say I'm not him. Prove it. Prove it. Come on out. I will. Oh my God. I'm getting a, I'm getting a jacket. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Why not? I got nothing to say about any of that. Hey, we were gonna do that with the with the Navy SEALs guy from That's Clerks. right. That's true. So I'll just take the gimmick. I'll just uh, you know t- uh, take from ourselves, tweak the gimmick, and become the words guy. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, I don't have my phone on me. Make sure you tag me when you take the mark picture. You know. Yeah. It really, really messes mind up. And I'm, and I'm in the I'm in the pigskin pick'em on Longbox Heroes. Oh. Too. Oh, I meant to check. Right. Because we got 10 right this week. I want to see where I am in re- relation to you. Oh, wow. You're ahead of me, I think. I am? Yeah, I'll be your quit kids, then. Your kids, your kids uh, pooping out the picks. Oh, crap. We're doing really good. Yeah, your kid's on fire. We're at the top of the, you know, would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. We're 14th place out of, you know. Mm-hmm. 50-some people. That's not too shabby. Ace of the Greek. Mm-hmm. Now, see, Words Big 80s is way, way down to the dumps. Well, so that makes sense. Uh-huh. I mean, you would. If you're going to excel with your account, right. you're going you're gonna to tank with the Words account. <laughs> Where are you? He had a couple suspect picks, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. Yeah, I don't even see where the hell you are. I'm in the dust. I was going to say, quit now. I'm thinking about it. All right, good. Speaking of footballs, I'm quitting <laughs> while you're ahead. Uh, today is installment nine of uh, the Longbox Heroes After Dark, soon to be named Movie Club. Right. Where I had to watch a film called The Replacements. And I can hear the excitement in your voice now. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of things I could say about this movie. There's a lot of things I am going to say about this movie. Really? Yes. Shocking. So, my biggest complaint about this movie is I wish it was longer. Oh, this movie, you couldn't trim an inch anywhere. (laughs) Anywhere. It was like, you know those four replacement games? It's like they played all four. Jesus Christ. (laughs) There's a love story. Mm. Oh, there's a mob story, kind of. Okay, right. 
And then there's a thing with the cheerleaders being strippers, kind of. And then, so, stop. So, this movie is allegedly inspired by the play strike in 1987, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say inspired by in the same way that the murders of Ed Gein inspired <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Of those right. four things, Ed Gein, Texas Massacre, the 1987 football player strike, and this movie, this movie is by far the biggest atrocity com- committed upon man. Uh, see, I like the fact that just by comparing it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre shows how much you love it, because I know how much you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. It's like those it, – that's my – version of that like all nowadays the the horror movies where they'll be like a haunting in connecticut or the exorcism of emily rose or the conjuring movies or whatever the hell it is they all start by inspired by real events and like people Mm -hmm. like oh my god it's real it's like no it's inspired by real events you know right i don't even know like the movie uh like this podcast is inspired by the events of the movie pump up the volume you know what? Great movie. Should have been Winona Ryder, but they didn't have her. Right. I think she might have been in the clink when that movie was being filmed. What? Never make fun of the original uh, Future X-Wife. The one who started it all? Yes. The, <laughs> one, the very first paperwork I ever got. I was going to say, will you be selling signed restraining orders from her at an upcoming convention appearance? I may be doing that. That would be great. Okay, so after we get out of Inspired by Real Events, Mm -hmm. stop me if you've heard this one, ladies and gentlemen. A ragtag bunch of misfits are put together to do a thing. They don't get along at first, but it's their differences that bring them together. And then one of them leaves for some reason. And then the rest of them miss that person. And then he comes back, and they all win. The end. Now, did I describe The Replacements or 47 other movies? You described The Replacements and 46 other movies. Right. But let me say, I am a sucker for this formula all the time. Bad News Bears, Necessary Roughness. The 44 other movies that okay. I'm not going to mention. Bad News Bears is a good movie. There's right. good jokes in there. It moves in a nice clip. Walter Matthau's inspired in, in, in his performance. The main mm. cast in this film practically sleepwalk their way through the entire film. They when the do people not. making this movie were, were making the film, writers, directors, actors, everyone, they left all the levels at home. You know why? Because mm. no ground was broken at all in this film. <laughs> what? I thought you were talking about the Billy Bob Thornton Bad News Bears, by the way. No. Um, the original, as far as I'm concerned. No. But uh, I'm just going to say, you didn't even love uh, Favreau's character? Favreau was the one that I hated the most. Oh, Danny Bateman? He's okay. the best. Here's why. Why? Fa- this was during the time, because Favreau was just off Swingers, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was like the kind of nerdy, schlubby guy to the super cool Vince Vaughn character, right? Right. Then the next movie they do is Made. Again, it's the two of them. Favreau's the cool guy. Or um, uh, Vince Vaughn's the cool guy. Favreau's the kick. <laughs> so then, unless I'm mistaken, and again, let me look at John <laughs> Favreau's uh, Imdaba. 
Right. I think he directed an Iron Man movie after that. Okay, well, we'll get to the Iron Man movie, okay? Right. Um, actor. Actor. This was something I needed to do beforehand. So then he's in a bunch of other movies where he's like the schlub or the sidekick or the, you know, whatever, right? Right. And then it's around that time where he's, like, I can only imagine his people. He goes to his people. He's like, I'm sick and tired of getting these roles. I need a role where I can play, like, the heavy or the bad guy or the something or the whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, this felt like completely miscast in this role completely unbelievable the scene where they do the where they're they're going through the team with the coaches right when uh gene hackman and again it doesn't matter what his name is it's gene hackman right right coach mcginty where they're like he's saying to the other coaches they're like oh here's this guy and then we go to a vignette of that guy and here's this guy and we go to a vignette of this guy the scene of john favreau's character being like the like the crazy cop or whatever the hell he was or the crazy mm-hmm. army man i don't yep. know what the hell it was supposed to but he does that and that film feels like it was filmed as part of the universal studios tour at the park <laughs> cuz it was shot all weird and the set that was filmed on like if there was no roof and there was only three walls it was really awkward like it looked like a t- a scene out of a tv show inserted into a movie right Okay. Okay. Keanu Reeves, this is his follow-up to The Matrix. A lateral move, I think. I I personally think this is Keanu Reeves' greatest role. No. And his best movie outside of Dracula, which he drugged down. There's your list when it comes to to Keanu Reeves. Incorrect. Or he's, correct. He's fantastic in the Bill and Ted movies, both of them. He's, okay, don't. He's, you mean the Doctor Who movies? The one no. where they go through time in, in, in a phone box? No. He's passable in Point Break. I kept wanting to call him Johnny Utah in this. Because <laughs> right. in, in that movie, he's also like a defunct like football player or some shit. Right, with a bad knee. Right, whatever the hell it is. But his best performance is Katie Holmes' racist drunk husband in the movie The Gift? Oh, never saw it. Oh, my God. Todd. So, he plays a racist drunk. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's so jarring because, um, you know how everyone talks about we're completely off the replacements because it's such, like, a nothing <laughs> of a movie. What? You heard me. It's like, it's, and like, I can't even, like, I'm going to rag on it, but it's not like it's a bad movie. It was a perfectly acceptable film that will fill two hours of your day and you will completely forget about as soon as it's over. I don't know. Even Clifford Franklin? Nope. When, oh. and that's the thing. When I saw Orlando Jones' name in the credits, I was excited because I like Orlando Jones. He's done good things. He's funny. They gave him zero to do in this film. Nada. Zilch. Oh, is he going to sing uh, I Will Survive twice in the movie? And we're going to get into the music in the movie because that's my real biggest bone of contention. Which, before you get that, which is my fa- one of my favorite parts of this movie. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, so, you know uh, in Tropic Thunder when uh, Tom Cruise plays the agent and he has like the bald wig on, he's got the fat stomach on, and he's cursing, and people are like, oh my goodness, it's so crazy, because Tom Cruise is never like this. Never saw Tropic Thunder. But Don't ahead. waste your time. Overrated film. People who say it's funny, there's... In the beginning, 
Are you aware of the movie Tro- uh, Tropic Thunder? Are you aware yes, that it exists? I, I, I am aware of many of the the ideas that are in the movie, the Robert Downey Jr. thing. Like, okay. isn't he tattooed or painted or whatever? Right. So you got your Robert Downey Jr. character, you got your Ben Stiller character, and you got your Jack Black character. Okay? Those are your three main characters, okay? Mm-hmm. So the movie begins with fake trailers for the characters that they're playing in the movie for other movies that they're in, right? Jack Black's movie is like essentially like a ripoff of The Clump. You've okay. seen a mo- you've seen a trailer for the movie The Clumps? I know of The Clumps. They're from the Flubber movie. Right. So that's what Jack Black's thing is. That's what his movie character is. Ben Stiller uh, he's kind of like the Tom Cruise-esque action whatever, whatever guy, okay? So that's what his trailer is. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of like your Daniel Day-Lewis type person where he completely becomes the character for the role. Like when Daniel Day-Lewis played Abraham Lincoln during the filming of the movie Lincoln, you could only call him Abe or Honest Abe or whatever the hell it was, right? He was in character the whole time. So that's right. Robert Downey Jr.'s character. But the movie trailer that they show before the movie for his character is him living as a pre in the 1800s where he's living the secret life of a homosexual and he's having an affair with his altar boy who's played by toby mcguire <laughs> to me okay. at the time hilarious because it's iron man and spider-man in a relationship together little did we know years later it would really happen in the movies what? Where's, where's all the videos about Tropic Thunder predicting uh, the future? Like the Simpsons mm. predicts the future all the time. Right. But where I'm going with the Tropic Thunder thing is Tom Cruise, he plays like one of the guy's abrasive agents or whatever the hell it is, and he's cursing. And then at the end of the movie, he does a silly dance. It's like, oh, it's so crazy that Tom Cruise did this. In every single goddamn movie Keanu Reeves in, he played the same role. He just had a different name. He was the movie Tony Danza. I I know what you're doing. I know like you're 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 being serious and fooling around. Yes. That it's the same thing you can say with Favreau's co-star, what's his face, in Maid and Swingers. Yeah. He al- he always plays the same character. Jack Nicholson always plays the char- same character. Pacino uh Pacino, like, later on in his career, right. always plays De Niro. Hey, if it works, milk it till you die. Let's not go crazy to say that it works. Well, hey, he but, did, he did, uh, what he, like I said, he did Dracula, where he really, I felt like he was in Dracula time. Um, and he was also in The Matrix, and I felt like he was a guy who was going to save us from The Matrix. Right, sure. So he's a natural. For, it just, he, but his, just the fact that he, you know, the, his role in The Replacements, I think is where he shines as a football player. That's all I'm going to say. Terrible. That's all I'm going to say. So when he shows up in The Gift, and you see Keanu Reeves is in this movie, you assume, like, oh, he'll be, like, a dopey stoner guy, or like, a whoa, whatever, or he'll be, like, the downtrodden, whatever. And then when he's a racist drunk, it's like a gut punch on top of the movie is. So it was really good, then. Yeah, The Gift is a fantastic movie. It was uh, one of the movies that Sam Raimi did as part of whatever his contract was. Like, to do Spider-Man, it's like, you gotta do Spider-Man, but, like, we're also gonna let you do, like, two or three other movies. And that was one of the two or three other movies that he did when he was with New Line or whoever the hell it was. Whoever was putting out the Spider-Man pictures at the time, right? Oh, so that, so basically The Gift was the other, mo- the, the other only good movie that Raimi ever made, or? 
Move on. The first movie that he ever made was A Perfect Plan. Was that it? The one? A Simple Plan. A sim- I'm sorry, A Simple Plan, which is an amazing film. If you which- liked A Simple Plan, the gift is of the same ilk. Right. Where, so it's it, like the crux uh, of it is like, oh, it's a small town. There's a woman there who's like the town psychic. She's the town fortune teller. And like everyone's like in on the gag, you know? Right. But so then un- one day right. she actually develops the real powers and leaves her because for the longest time, Yikes. everyone's been kind of like, oh, you know, we just play along with you. We know we're all having fun. Like where it's all part of the gag. Right. Okay. And then it turns out there's a murder. Katie Holmes is murdered and naked for the movie. And okay. everyone thinks that it was her husband, drunk Keanu Reeves, who did it. But it was really, spoilers everyone, not Keanu Reeves who did it. What? Stop spoiling the movie. And the me. only one who really knows it is the woman who's the psychic fortune teller type person. But no one believes her because part of the rib that she's been pulling, on, like the friendly con that she's been pulling on this small town for years. Right. Gift is really good. Replacement's not so good. But again, I say not so good. It was a bland film that broke no ground. It was needlessly R-rated. And that's the thing. It was PG-13, and there was a ton of swearing in this. Like, they say fuck several times in the film. So it was needlessly R? Well, no. I I thought it was R, and then I'm looking at the rating here that it says PG-13. And it says some, you know, when it gives the reason why a movie is rated whatever. Mm-hmm. And it says some crude sexual humor and language. There was a ton of swearing in this movie. There, I, uh, I don't know. There was a medium amount of swearing, as far as I was concerned. So it was Deadpool levels of swearing. How do you like that? Oh, uh, so it was good then, is what you're saying. Speaking of good, you know, if you're gonna have someone narrate your film, mm-hmm. I know I personally would go with the natural acting talents of John Madden and Pat Summerall. <sighs> they sound like they were reading their lines at some point at gunpoint. <laughs> like they were being forced to say the words on the script, and they were saying them with absolutely no verb, no, <laughs> no verve, no intensity, no inflection in their voice, especially the part where Keanu Reeves is going to make the move on the cheerleader girl, who Stop it. earlier in the film says, I don't date football players, and then... Five, sa- five scenes later, she just, like, makes out with Keanu Reeves for no reason whatsoever, even though it goes against what up earlier in the film. Joe, but you, once again, you were probably drunk and not watching the movie, because the whole thing is she says, oh, my God, you're different than these spoiled million-dollar babies. You care about your team. And that she looks into Shane Footsteps Falco's eyes and realizes that he isn't the douche that Martell is. That Martell, and Martell is so great as the villain, just rich. He's talking about, like, how much I have to give to my, to my agent? Like, what a percentage is? And do you know how much it is to insure a Lamborghini? And again, I say, broke new grounds. He was a bland cookie cutter character. I did not care or want to see him get any sort of come up. Because again, I didn't care. And I'm glad they let a 50 year old man be quarterback of the football team. Cause this guy looked like shit. Oh. Well, he got hit a lot. That was uh, the thing. Oh, okay. He, of our Washington Sentinels, uh, Joe. And I'm looking at his, uh, I'm looking at his, uh, filmography. The guy who right. plays Martell, mm-hmm. uh, Brett Cullen. And boy, he's been in some stinkers. <laughs> Okay. 
Uh, just some of the some of the stinkers that he was in. Uh, replacements, of course. Uh, National Security. Then he was in Gridiron Gang. He's really typecast as a football <laughs> jerk-off. He was Barton Blaze in the Ghost Rider film. Ooh. Hmm? Uh, he was a congressman in The Dark Knight Rises, and that's the only movie that he has that's not <laughs> rotten on his whole IMDb. <laughs> I can't believe Replacements is rotten on IMDb. Ugh. 34 with top critics, 66 <laughs> with the audience. The audience are dum-dums. Right. But that's but the, when all... the perfect movie for a dum-dum. You're not going to be challenged. Things are going to happen and never followed up on. You're going to get something that could be an interesting premise and then there's nothing with it. Like, okay, you talk about the love story, the stuff with the cheerleaders. There's extended sequences of them auditioning the cheerleaders, right? And right. a lot of it is just like this overweight woman dancing for most of it while the lead woman like puts her head in her hands and tries not to break character during all of this. And then it turns out a bunch of strippers show up, right? Two strippers show up with horrible wigs on, like Legends of Tomorrow level wigs. <laughs> they say, hey, we're going to bring some friends. Now, we, we we see four full football games in this movie. Uh, and, again, they screwed up the end of this movie because I, I have a different ending of, for this film. Okay, and I also want to say, when all this is over, I'm going to write the movie that Joe would have liked. Well, no, I'll tell you the movie that I would have liked. I don't care. I'm going to tell right, you. I want to hear you tell me the movie that I liked. No other references beyond that. Uh, so now? Sh- the oh. two girls show up, and then mm-hmm. we cut to them a bunch of times, during, like the cheerleaders, a bunch of times during the game. And there's a gag that the two strippers are so stupid, they don't know how to spell, uh, what is it, the Sentinels? Yeah, the I in Sentinel. Right. And there's no follow-up of them actually ending up spelling Sentinels. They're just left as dummies. And they get no redemption. Then a game later, the rest of the strippers show up. Then later in that game, for one play, the team, the other opposing team is distracted by the antics of the strippers. That's your payoff. But that does not mean we don't get to cut to the strippers doing the cheerleading things dozens of more times after we've already gotten the payoff for it. All of that stuff completely cut out of the film. Adds nothing and worthless it, it what it adds joe is it keeps it keeps the movie going what it does oh. is football scene then some hot cheerleaders now cut to the coach talking to Favreau on the sideline now cut to the cheerleaders it's a fast-paced bullet-ridden scene to scene is that's what it's wow. like a machine gun joe. are you out of your mind <laughs> no i'm telling you it that way there's like a, way, it, this moved at the pace of a world war one crank rifle on the side of a goddamn tank I don't know if uh, World War One uh, had a crank rifle. I don't know if that's if that's accurate, Joe. But fantastic. And as for the strippers, my favorite part about the stripper saying is, I have no idea why, and they never mention it. Um, all right, you have why to. Why would they? Team. Why introduce something and pay it off? But go ahead. Right. You have to feel the team. You have to feel the team of 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 scabs of replacement players. But at no point do they say like, I guess the cheerleaders. Contracts are hooked to the football players. I guess. Even though we don't see them in the picket line, and the picket line is literally six people and uh, Rick Martell and his four goons. Well, uh, and that's funny because in the in the actual uh, 
in the actual like days of the 87 uh strike they, like you know like the, the the big names for all the teams they'd be out there when the news cameras were there and then as soon as the news cameras would like pack up because this was back before 24 hours a day new you know what i mean like now that they have the the football players be like ah i'm the billion the million dollar quarterback i'm out here picketing all right the news cameras are gone all right linemen you're picketing and we go home <laughs> you know what i mean right but go ahead in your in-depth review of this fantastic movie okay so they then you know we're, we're introduced to the people on the team and everyone's quirky everyone's whatever uh todd mentioned uh, Orlando Jones character who his gimmick is he's super fast but he can't catch the ball and they let him play for three games before they decide like hey let's pour four gallons of glue on his hands then stick him okay of glue stick him and then he could catch the ball that one time referees don't disqualify him for him not being able to pull the ball off his hands and then you know what for the rest of the movie he could just catch the ball fine no problem See? Joe, you're missing the finer points of the replacements. All he needed was the confidence. One catch, and then that was his confidence. And mm-hmm. once he had his swag, he was a one-man. Oh, Clifford Franklin, the only one catching it. Clifford Franklin, the only one coming down with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you Great. mean that scene of sexual abuse in the Me Too movement? <laughs> And then Favreau comes through and just shoves him in the locker. Beautifully framed comedy right there. Again, this seemed like a series of bad skits. You know, like how when the writers, the TV writers will go on strike and they're like, oh, we need to fill time on the, on the networks. And NBC will be like, oh, let's cobble together a bunch of related scenes from Night Live and put it together as like a network special. That's mm-hmm. what this was. They took all the football skits from the last 30 years of Saturday Night Live and then reshot them poorly with a bunch of miscast actors who slept their way through the entire shoot of everything. But Joe, the religious preacher guy who played one game in the NFL and blew out his knee, mm-hmm. and all he ever wanted to do was score one touchdown. How do you think his story was going to turn out? Tell well, me, Joe. I personally liked when there was the big bar brawl. In mm-hmm. one scene, he's praying to ask everyone to stop fighting, and then literally smash cut to him smashing someone. And oh boy, that bar scene. Now, I will give the movie this. There were some sick hits on the football field, and there's mm-hmm. nothing that makes me happier in football highlights than seeing someone get hit and getting knocked ass over tea kettle. Right. There was a bunch of shots of that. But the barroom fight was so poorly choreographed. Todd, is someone going to get hit with a bar stool? Of course they are. Hey, Todd, is someone going <laughs> to the bar and then drug down the bar? Of course they are. Hey, Todd, are there going to be fights where the bigger stars are grappling and we could visibly see crash pads when they fall on the ground? We absolutely are, Todd. <laughs> But Joe, right? Say nothing's followed through. They keep setting up through practice that uh, Favreau's character, all he wants to do is is hit uh, footstep Falco, but he's in the red, and they're like, "No, you don't hit the red. It's like a stoplight. You don't." And then later in the bar scene, he Bartel's wearing red, Joe. So he's like, "Remember that thing we said about red? Well, forget about it." He's like, "Oh yeah," just like a certain guy. I don't know, but he takes off and he hits Martel. I'm like. There's your jokes. You may not like them, but to say nothing ever pays off is a disservice in this a fantastic cinema, cinema Joe. <sighs> I'm what? glad you Am have I such, right or wrong? I'm glad you have such low standards because we'll get to next month here in a little bit. 
Um, I so then you have the the uh, Japanese sumo wrestler guy, right? Egg-eating sumo wrestler? Okay. We get one scene where he be- eats a bunch of eggs, mm-hmm. and then he throws up a little bit, and then one other guy throws up a little bit, and then to get away from the puke, they all huddle, walk away from things, and Gene Hackman's like, that's the first thing they've done as a team. Let's keep, that's that's okay with it. And again, no further payoff to it. It was just a stupid scene of, like, a fat man eating eggs, and the coach saying, shouldn't be eating so many eggs. Got a bull coach, and then he just starts puking on the field. Missed opportunity. If this was a Farley Brothers-type film, they all could have been projectile vomiting all over each other, leading to a scene where the opposing team won't touch them because they're all covered in vomit. Or tackled in a big pile of vomit. Right! Right. And, there, but, oh, and there's another scene. To put over the puke, a referee steps in the puke, yeah. picks up his shoe, and there's nothing on his shoe, but he sells it like there's something on his shoe. Well, he was. it was the juice. It was the yeah, juice. Yeah, the juice. <laughs> Not to be confused with O.J. Simpson. Or Beetlejuice or to Guerrero or any of the juice that exists. Right. But fantastic scene. But later they played off that it was it was it, it led Sports Center, Joe. Oh. It led Sports Center. Right. When um, he gets the wild yam. Right. So then you have the soccer player guy. Nigel Gruff. Sure. He's wiry. Right. Uh, and we really hammered that home for like five minutes. The joke of him saying wiry, where the one coach is like, I thought you said he was big. And he's like, I'm wiry. He's the same exact height and build as Keanu Reeves. We can't bury Keanu Reeves that he's a, he's not bulky like the rest of the guys, but we could bury the poor kicker. I'm not much of a football man, Todd. Do you really want your, your punter, your field goal kicker to be a big bulky muscle head? Uh, see Raiders ex-kicker Sebastian Janikowski, who, as they always quoted when he went out there, really fill out them tights. Todd, if I've learned nothing from movies like Necessary Roughness, a much better film than this, you mm-hmm. get someone who has a good kicking leg, like Kathy Ireland, to be on the team. <laughs> right. And Sinbad as your, as your football player, and uh, Sam Beckett. That's the only thing that I think this film... Well, one of the dozens of things that this movie was missing was they should have had a girl on the team. You could have gotten rid of the entire uh, football or the cheerleader plot and put the head cheerleader girl on the team since her gimmick was... She had like six gimmicks, right? So she's the head of the cheerleaders. She's a crazy driver that only that only happens for one scene and has no payoff. She's also a bartender at night. She's also like a super like smart person when it comes to strategy, when it comes to football. Plus, she's had her heart broken before by football players, but also she's able to see the good in Keanu Reeves' Johnny Utah character. So she's got like Which, six gimmicks going on. Why spread them all out over all of these things? You do a thing where she runs like a bar inside of the football locker room or some shit. You put her on the team as a strategist. All these things. You could have combined this movie, trimmed about 25 minutes off the film, and get the film flowing a little bit better. And not showing the entire four full games that they played. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. So when we see the football games... During each football game, and we're exaggerating a little bit, I think of the two-hour running time and the four football games that we get, each game is maybe like 15 minutes. Right. Okay. It's a quarter for each game. In each of those games, we get anywhere from eight to 15 snippets of popular songs for any time from the 60s current day. (laughs) 
Except for one, but go ahead. Well, and that's what I love about the songs is they are like, you know, red on a clown. They're on the nose. You know what I mean? Like every song that they like, like literally the lyrics are literally what's happening in the scene. I'm glad the music is here to tell me how to feel. Exactly. It's perfect. It's a, it's a, like I said, I don't know how you're not missing the heart of this movie, but go ahead. Oh, you mean the part at the end where in between the two quarters when Johnny Utah doesn't go, and then somebody else pointed this out, and this is not my thing. So they bring back Rick the Model Martell to be the the quarterback. Right. And it's like, cause you know, every football team only has a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have like a second or a third string quarterback. So it's like, as soon as Rick the Model Martell shows up, Johnny Utah goes back to his houseboat. It's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. hang around just in case Rick the Model Martell here gets busted up. We might need a second quarterback. No, the 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 owner said he's gone. He's out of here. Anyway. So uh, at the quarter, as they're leaving, and the uh, interviewer comes up to Gene Hackman and is like, Oh, coach, what's going on out there? You guys seem to be missing something. And then, not unlike a scene out of Freddy Got Fingered, the classic film where Rip Torn and Tom Green just say to each other for three minutes, proud, proud. And they both just say proud to each other. Gene Hackman just goes, heart, heart. Like he's a monosyllabic goon. This movie is below Gene Hackman. I hope he got a lot of money for it and bought himself a nice car. <laughs> Gee, hey, they said they like, what? This team is going to need heart. And Joe, that was a secret code. I don't know if you missed it. Ugh. I don't know if you missed this part. To Footstep Falco, who on his boat was watching the, the game and saw him say that. And he was like, he was talking to me about heart. I have to get back there and play. And he comes through the door, and the whole team's like, Falco's here. And then Martell's like, get out of here. This is my locker room. My locker room. But Joe, those ragtag bunch of people who didn't like each other at the beginning of the film, they all stand up, and they carry that jerk Martell out of the locker room. And then Falco comes out, and John Madden with, like, he should have got the Oscar for that year. They're like, it's it's Falco. Falco, he by the look in his eye, uh, Pat, he looks like he's gonna play. Oh my God, Madden was just like just crushing it on on commentary. Oh, oh fan- my God, oh he's fantastic. Look at that guy. I think he's smoking on the field. Smoke? Yeah, he is. I saw the smoke and everything. I think you're just seeing things, John. No, I saw the smoke. Oh my God, John Madden to a T. Movie's terrible. They were the worst performers in the film, but. The music, right? So mm-hmm. they play all this music to, ma- to make sure you know how to feel during certain scenes. Right. And then at one point, and it's good music. I'll give you this. It's good music. They're playing good music in the film, okay? And then I don't know if it, this was just the home video release or, like, not unlike when the Sandman in ECW came out to enter Sandman and WWE only paid for one use of it. Mm-hmm. If the producers of this film only played for one theatrical use of the <laughs> offsprings, keep them separated. Because there's the beginning of the song. Like, oh man, I love this song. And then it cuts to like the most horrible, shitty off-model remake of it with no <laughs> vocals whatsoever. And I was pissed <laughs> off. And that from right there, this movie could have been the best movie ever. Right there it ruined me. Like, 
of all the things that you're going to scrimp on, like, that's the thing that you choose, like, no, no, we can't give the offspring, nine, you know, who, honest to God, at that time when this movie was made, we're two years passing top of the charts. Like, the offspring are still around, they're making whatever. Uh, the guy who's the, the leader of the offspring, like, is a genius, and he, like, has own hot sauce company, and he builds, like, prop planes and all this other shit, so he's, like, very accomplished, whatever, whatever, whatever. But, like, they were way, way their usefulness in the world of rock and roll music. Like, no, let's not cut them that $500 royalty check. We need to give mm-hmm. uh, Keanu Reeves an extra ivory back scratcher for doing this film. Right. Um, but you didn't have the, you didn't have like any, you didn't, you, like your size didn't, your heart didn't grow two sizes too big when the, you know, the deaf tight end catches the ball at the end and they win that game and they are heroes to the town of, of Washington DC, but now they have to go home to their, to their, like, you know, all the fears that that, I'm telling you, Joe, it's, for, it's a beautiful movie. First of all, Todd, that condition I have is called an enlarged heart and I'm seeing a doctor for it. Second oh, good. of all. We get the part where we're introduced to the de- the deaf wide receiver, and Gene Hackman tells the coach, "Well, I guess you're just the other coach. Oh, I guess you're just gonna have to learn sign language to communicate with them." And then that plot thread is just dropped and never brought up again. But that's the guy from Hee Haw, Joe. Okay. The coach? coach? Do you not remember the guy? The coach? He's from Hee Haw. The only people I remember from Hee Haw are Pearl. And the guy with the gap in his teeth. And Big Shirtless Ron. <laughs> big shir- big Shirtless Ron. <laughs> but, yeah, so good. And then, Joe, the thing that you love about movies is, in the beginning, they show Footsteps Falco, and he's the barnacle scraper at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and he dives into the water, and he finds his, you know, all-team uh, all uh, statue, and he picks the football up, and he does his thing like, huh, like, blue 22, blue 22, and he throws it, and then he's like, throw arm in the air. That's how he acted at the end of the movie, so it rhymes, Joe. The movie rhymes. They're foreshadowing what's going to happen at the end. This ragtag group of nobodies was going to win. You didn't know that unless you were really paying attention to the beginning of the movie. Now, I'll say this. This is where the movie failed. (laughs) The one place. The the (laughs) biggest failure of the film is we did not get the the scene of... The rag team playing against the pros. There should have been that scene. You did get that scene. No, no, no. The pros that they replaced. They play oh, against okay. Dallas. It's like, okay, like, oh man, we're playing against Dallas. We're playing against Dallas. What the fuck? Like, what's the difference between Dallas and Providence or Los Angeles? Or whatever the hell it is in this world of whatever. You've established that these scabs are replacing the pros on the Washington team. It should have been the Washington pros against the Washington scabs as your final scene of the movie. Right. But what you you do know that, like, that they said, and I know it's not going to make the movie any better for you, but they said, like, uh, Martell was the only one who crossed for Washington, but the whole uh, Dallas team crossed. You know what I mean? That's why Martell did it. I I get that. But so they again, were pros. Okay. Right. Just making the, sure you're right. It, okay. It, it's the pros of some other team that doesn't make a difference. You know yes, what I mean? It it's does. not like it's... they establish in the film that, like, oh, man, like, these pros are right, but the Dallas pros, holy shit, watch out for them. Nope. No establishment whatsoever. It just so happened that the last game they're going to play, the the pros for this team came back. So what? The, the team's been playing pretty good. They could probably beat them. No big deal. Uh, that's not how football works, Joe. 
like average right, like the, guys who just show up if the play pro professional players and i know we're talking about a movie that's a comedy cool. like comedy. I, I know you're saying but it's 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 light years apart like for guys who like do you know what I, do you know what i'm trying to say i'm already like, believing the the horseshit of this film why not it, use those you know, shovels why, why not use those shovels that you're not using to break any new ground to heap even more unbelievable horseshit on top of this they got people who weren't professional football players who were like you know other in well they, and they were in other like d- dumb leagues and lesser leagues and the canadian league and everything but they, the reason they weren't playing in the professional league is because they weren't as good as everybody else. So like or they had injuries maybe. or they couldn't catch or right. they decided to go work for a rat. It's like, well, these two guys were on the same team together. Then the one guy tra- got traded. So they both quit. And now they just bodyguard for a rapper. I did like the part where they came out and they stuck up for Johnny <laughs> Ute. And I would like to have seen more as that trio on screen, but we get like one more scene of it. And then like, that's dropped. They're just like two other guys in the background. And you didn't even mention the the prisoner that they let that they let show up. Oh, interesting thing about that guy, mm-hmm. the uh, the prisoner guy, whatever his name was. Right. Uh, hang on, let me pull up his information. I was looking at his uh, IMDBA as well because he's li- he's led an interesting life. And he's played two characters in that movie because I the love the one joke that I love is they're like so and so you know just he knows how to play football he catches the ball and runs it back for a touchdown and they're like and it, they like they literally have his bio and it, it's a fake name mm-hmm. and it's like and it just says that he's been a resident of Maryland for the last couple of years and that he likes to he likes the middle point and it's like because he's been in prison in Maryland and he's probably you know taking a needle point class it's a beautiful humor Joe. Mm-hmm. Beautiful humor. Uh, so, uh, you know, he was in a bunch, was a bunch of bit parts in Hollywood. He bumped around from, like, bit parts on everything from, like, Deep Space Nine to, you know, like, like uh, extras in, like, movies like Forrest Gump or Boogie Nights. Then after this movie, he lands a co-starring role for the entire run of the TV show The Shield. Okay. Then, in 2014... Uh, following a domestic violence report, and as well as his own 911 call, where he told police, I shot my wife, police arrived at the home to find his wife dead from gunshot wounds. He then confessed the the shootings, and is now currently serving 40 years to life in in L.A. County. Maybe they'll let him out to play, to do replacements too. Oh, when they do the remake, Todd. Oh. So he, he lived a colorful life. Mm-hmm. But he has one of my. They have one of my favorite jokes, and I and I do use it to this day when they drop him off and the jokes. The, yes, one of the coaches is like, "You've been remanded to our custody, you know, for the duration of the four games or whatever." And the guy and the the cop leaves, and he's like, "Nice watch." And he's like, "Oh, this this is just broken, you know. Uh, it's only right twice a day, you know. Let's go in there. There's no use staying way out here on a screaming distance." <laughs> That's a great gag, Joe. Now, so what's what's your version that you think of this movie? Right. No, not that I think of. That I would enjoy. All right. You take this movie, and I'm going to start with it as football players. Wait, hang on. Before you do, 
Right. Two other things I need to end. Well, one thing I need to end with and then one thing that I really, really need to end with. The, the movie did try to work me in that one scene where all the football players decide to do wrestling moves like drops and uh, rock bottoms and shit like that. And then there's <laughs> right. the funny scene of the referee not being able to multiply by five. Oh, my goodness. Hilarious. Anyway. Is that everything now? You done? Uh, well, I got I got two more for you, but go ahead and say your thing. All right. Take this movie, take the same script, the same movie and and you know, football players put put Randy the Macho Man Savage as Footsteps yeah. Falco. You put Elizabeth as the cheerleader. Instead of Favreau, you George the Animal Steel Martell is, is fucking Rowdy Rowdy Piper. The owner of the team or the coach, either one, is Vince McMahon. They're all coked out and doing this movie. And this fucking movie is on your list for me to watch. You got coked out. I'm there. So now, so now, or you want to just change it from football players, just keep all the same jokes to, to, and make it wrestlers for the big pay-per-view, and this guy's trying to steal the job and take it away from, and this movie would be on Joe Sposto's six movies to watch in the years 2018. Again, Todd, you keep saying jokes for some reason, I'm not really sure why when you're talking about this movie. Cause they're riddled throughout this movie. It'll find the jokes riddled but go ahead all right so uh, a couple things i now have a greater appreciation for bronco billy because of this movie (laughs) okay Uh, secondly after this movie i went to go prepare our october viewing choice for you right and i went and i i watched the trailer for this film right and todd i want to say the movie that you'll be watching in October is better than I remember it being. Oh, right. Just and, like The Replacements. Got and it. by that I mean, Todd, mm-hmm. I can't say too much about this film without giving more away. Right. There was a time where I thought this would have been the worst movie that we've watched. Right. Hudson Hawk, I think, still has that designation. Mm-hmm. Because, again, this movie isn't bad. It's just there. It exists. Filled two hours of my life. And that's it. Now, and all joking aside, when I say... Oh, also, if you replaced Madden and Pat Summerall with uh, Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Um, Not Jesse it, the Body Ventura and Mean Overland? Uh, fine, whoever. Okay. I, you, you had your choices. Just random I, people. Right. I think if you had neck tattoo and uh, whoever... Um, um, and you, you, you doing the, the, the commentary, Joe. Oh, you, me doing the, the commentary. <laughs> you do it as the anchor commentation station of the football movie. Right. Um, now, honestly, I think if, like, you know, I like football, so I have, I have a horse in the race. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just, I like those type of movies. You don't care about football one bit. So you're, yeah, you know, that's, I don't know how to put what I'm trying to say. Do you get anything here? No, never mind. Move on. Tell me what you're uh, going to do. I, like I said, I have some fond memories of Necessary Roughness. Don't remember it being <laughs> a good movie, but I remember it being like an interesting premise that was like not – I think it was like an 89-minute running time, so it mm-hmm. didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, I remember Wildcats starring Goldie Hawn and C. Russell and a young Woody right. Harrelson. Woody Harrelson was in that. Holy shit. How do you like them apples? 
Okay. I'm trying to think of other football movies that exist. Um, I guess The Longest Yard is a football movie, but it's like oh, also, Longest it's, Yard is amazing. But I which guess it's one, also, the Adam Sandler or the Burt Reynolds one? The Burt Reynolds one. Come on. I'm just asking. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. with you. Um, what other football movies are there? Uh, movies. There's uh, time Le- while I search this. I'm trying to think. There was the one Any Given Sunday. Uh, Any I- Given Sunday was okay. I wasn't a big fan of Any Given Sunday. Yeah, they get a little too cute with the uh, they get the a little football too stuff. cute with the like uh, sh- the, the way it's shot. They try to be a little bit more yep. fancy. They try to make it like they're like, oh, we're going to show you what it's like to be a football player, and it doesn't work because we watched the game a completely different way. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm talking about like, uh, you know, you got your Remember the Titans, whatever. That's less of a football movie, more of a drama. The Blind Side, Rudy, Rudy is what it is. Right. Um, Invincible, which was the Marky Mark movie, which was essentially like. He was in like six different movies where it's like random guy who doesn't do a thing now does another thing, and he's exce- and he's a success inspired by real events. Right. Uh, I'm just trying to think what else there is. Last Boy Scout. Okay, that's what we should have watched and said. Last Boy Scout. There's a football movie starring Bruce Willis. Lots of good lines in it. Lots of jokes. That's a movie that actually has jokes in it. Mm-hmm. For the one movie, the football movie that we should have watched, and I can't find it. I just said, uh, Last Boy Scout. No, there's another one. There's another one. Oh, my God. And it has me upset. Not The Waterboy. That movie sucks. Oh, The Waterboy is fantastic. You know what? I should have made you watch The Waterboy. I would have. I'll be honest with you. I've Mm -hmm. seen The Waterboy. It's horrible. It hurt my feelings, and I probably wouldn't have watched it and just lied to you that I did. Uh, but I would have known. No, you wouldn't have. Uh, you know what I should have made, made you watch? The garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia f- f- uh, phenomenon. Doesn't that start Tony Danza? Yes, it does. Uh, no problem. I'll watch anything <laughs> with Tony Danza in it. A middle-aged sanitation worker's ego swells when he becomes a star kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I remember because he was a garbage truck man and struck lever to make the garbage, like, you know, compact wouldn't work. So he'd have to kick the the bar to make it move. And that's why he was such a good field goal kicker. Oh, such a good movie. Just in premise alone, better than The Replacement. Oh. Body Slam's worse than, than The Replacements, just so you know. Nah, Body Slam's good. Has an all-star cast. Billy Barty says the F-word several times in a PG-rated film. Charles Nelson say- Riley's in it. Blue Albano. The great Tijo Khan. I'll tell uh, you more about him later. I'll just tell you right now, that I would. I, the big con was that I had to watch that. Oh, Todd... You do not know how excited I am for the October movie. I know how excited Ooh. you are because I know exactly what the October movie is. Ooh, o- October. It's it's Halloween time. It's scary movie time. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be. Mm, it's probably probably some. Is it Pieces? I want to tell you so bad what the movie is. Okay. 
But I'm I could wait. I could wait the three weeks to tell you. Maybe we should stop this here because you had such a bad night. And and I can't go see Peace in Texas Chainsaw Massacre this week because of the goddamn wrestling podcast. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Let's. You know what? Let me just put another notch in my belt on that one. Hold on. Let me. Let me. There we go. I'll just just notch it right in there. There we go. You'll have to go see pieces. You're, it's either you go see pieces in Texas Chance I'm asking and report back to me, or you and Adam do the wrestling show this week. I would gladly do the wrestling show. All right. Oh my god. I. It'd be like a kick in the face, Joe. <laughs> you set up the recording. You edit the file. You upload it to the site. Done. Done. Look for it tomorrow. Okay. Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, episode 201, The Replacements. Mm. Going to replace maybe, this file when we're done. Maybe the basement podcasters next week. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Th- this will feel good doing it while you're on the line. Are you deleting the movie? I'm deleting the file from my computer. <laughs> Just in case. I actually, like, I'm at the lowest point in my life and I feel I need to waste two hours. Are you sure you want to delete this? Absolutely. There's only a yes or a no. I wish there was an absolutely button. You're, you're getting rid of it because if something horrible happens for you tonight, I want forensic team to be combing over your computer. Right, and I just, think it was the replacements that done them in. And just to be safe, I'm going to empty the recycling bin just in oh, case. No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> really want to cover my tracks on this one. Right. I glad you had a good time. Listen, we had, we had a fun conversation, huh? Yeah. It, it gave me a newfound respect for Bronco Billy. That's something. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out who sent me that record. They haven't told They haven't copped up to it? They haven't owned up to it? No, they haven't. If you're listening to this, and I'm sure you're listening to this because you did listen to us talk about Bronco Billy on a previous After Dark soon-to-be-named movie club, let Todd know. Even if you don't want your name private, send Todd a DM or an email so it can like, give you the Todd nod like privately. Thanks for the uh, the, right. the album. Right. I'm legitimately thankful, and I'd like to, you know, I don't know. Hell, like, you know, send him one of Joe's famous stickers. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even two stickers. Maybe two stickers. Oh, boy. All right, everyone, thanks for listening to episode 201, Longbox Heroes After Dark, and we'll see you all here next week.